I'm Mike. I'm Austin. We are the test drivers. And we put tech through its paces. Are you ready to join me in the metaphors? <laughs> no! Mike, that cannot be our cold open. That cannot be. <laughs> Too late. Too late. PlayStation VR 2 has been announced. Uh, uh, honestly, I will hand it to Sony. Metaverse is not mentioned in that blog post. Ooh, I cannot you're believe right, it. Aren't you? I cannot believe it. Right? It just <laughs> feels like resist? that's the easy one, surely. Like, <laughs> this is where we throw it. Like, as we look to the metaverse, we. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But no, they didn't do as, it. So. As we pump our stock prices with all these buzzwords, uh, thoughts on the look of this? Uh, mm, looks the same. I don't know, you know. It's. Fine. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to make a headset look cool. I yeah. feel like, you know, there have been enough VR headsets between the early days of the Oculus. And I mean, it's easy to forget PlayStation VR came out pretty early on in the grand yep. scheme of VR, right? Yep. So it's interesting to see that VR2, however many years later it's been, is actually still like fairly similar. Yep. Uh, obviously, there are major differences in the controllers, I think, are where it really does look like a big upgrade. There's some quality of life type things like that they they've put in um a better uh, what do they call it like the uh, lens distance thing like mm -hmm. a lens adjustment tile and what i will say like honestly ergonomically like from a way like the psvr was very comfortable to wear yeah. because a, a lot of these uh, a lot of the headsets all the weight is in the front but they like counterbalance it with a good headband on the back and it kind of yeah. suspends on your face rather than the actual lenses being attached to your face and they've kept that in here. It is really funny in, in the design. They talk about how like the PlayStation. It's like influenced by the PlayStation Five and also the original PSVRs. They, they didn't look anything like each other at all. You're just like throwing <laughs> a bunch of stuff in there. But like for me, I think the the, the big design, as you say, it's in the controllers and then yeah. the, the 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 headset itself. I think they've done a decent job. Like it looks fine. Uh, again, like I'm super happy. It's just one cable now. Um, I, I I don't know. I feel pretty positive about about the PSVR two. It's all going to come down to the games uh, and what of they course, have available, um, and what that the quality of the experience is like. But I'm expecting Sony have learned a lot, uh, and we'll see. Yeah, and I think there are some interesting little tidbits in the the blog post as well. So talking about how they have a a motor that's built in for like the actual headset feedback. I'm not aware of any other VR headset that actually gives you sort of uh, sensory uh, motorized functionality and feedback in the headset itself, which I think is a cool idea. I could be wrong about that, but it seems like they've got some thoughtful new things in here. I still am a little bit uh, bearish on the idea of console VR. I still think there is a little bit of an uphill battle for PSVR 2 to be successful. It does feel a little weird to me, but that being said, I think if it is going to be successful, Sony is basically throwing everything they could at it. I think the yep. design looks good. I think controllers look like a big improvement. Thankfully, we're not using the PlayStation 3 PS Move controllers anymore. So, you know, that's nice. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think they're kind of, uh, I just think there's a very low amount of hype about this, right? Like they've been talking about PSVR for 2 for a while. Yep. They already showed off. I think they showed off the controllers before this, right? I feel like I'd seen some photos a little while ago about it. They've shown some. I feel like this is the biggest look that we've got at it though. Like I feel like I hadn't seen them in such detail. Yeah, yeah. Like they definitely, to my memory, did not 
show them as clearly as they've shown them here, like from multiple angles along with the headset. I'm intrigued about like the the kind of the part that goes on your face. It looks like it's kind mm. of like multiple layers. That is like an intriguing look. Uh, that looks like that might be quite comfortable, like that springy in a way, like the rubber that goes on the face. You, you're actually totally right. Yeah, I actually didn't realize that until you mentioned it, but looking closely at the photos, you're right. That actually yeah. does look like there's a little like, I don't even know what to call it, like almost like bellows or something to yes. kind of like fit against your face. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting, yeah. And it does say it's slightly lighter as well, which I do think is, uh, I agree, the P- original PSVR actually was fairly comfortable even today. But especially when you got like a wire and I know that, you know, this is designed to, I don't imagine they're going to have a lot of huge room scale experiences. I don't think they've really even talked about that entirely. Whereas obviously something with the Oculus, with the inside out tracking, you, you know, you build your little area and whatnot. I always get the impression that PSVR is a little bit more of a seated experience, probably because they're terrified of lawsuits when you accidentally punch a hole in your wall or something. But I'd be curious to see when they actually start showing us some more gameplay and I mean, I would assume some kind of conference this year before this thing goes mm-hmm. on sale of a little bit about like, hey, what is your alternative, like your your ideal scenario for people using PSVR too? Yeah, it does have inside out tracking this one. So it does. Yeah, you can see mm-hmm. there's uh, four or five cameras on the mm-hmm. outside, which is great. Makes sense. You don't have to deal with any additional accessories or peripherals. But I agree. There is there is an inherent difference in the fact that there's any cable at all. Mm-hmm. because as well like y- y- they need to be aware of the fact that like people have their PlayStation in a place which is specific right yeah yep and that is in front of the TV with a sofa or whatever so like the amount of space around you will be different to the way that people have the option to play with a quest yeah where you can just yeah. go to whatever place is best where with the PlayStation VR it's always going to be where the PlayStation is, mm-hmm. which is probably not in the, the best environment for like, let me get up and move around and be completely untethered, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. I will say uh, I'm very excited for Gran Turismo 7 right now, and that's probably going to be what's going to push me over the edge to actually get PSVR 2, because uh, You reckon there's going to be a VR thing for, for Gran Turismo? Have they said that? Well, so Gran Turismo 6 has already had VR for a while. I'm fairly confident. I don't think they've actually said anything yet, but I'm fairly confident that they are going to have a PSVR 2 patch for Gran Turismo 7. Let me rephrase. I'll be very surprised if they don't do it because they've already supported it before. And Gran Turismo does feel like one of those like kind of uh, the flagship tech demos where if there's some weird new feature... It's going to be one of the games that's absolutely going to support it. I, I, I'm I'm fairly confident. And also, VR and racing games to me has always been a good sort of blend, right? I mean, there's a yeah. lot of like even like professional race car drivers and professional like esports people who do use VR because it is a little bit more of a, a proper experience. Yeah. The only thing that I always have a problem with is you lack the force feedback of not only like the wheel, obviously you can get like a fairly nice wheel on PlayStation, but you don't have like the actual motion that actually a lot of PC VR setups can actually take pretty good advantage of. Things like the butt kicker and other <laughs> devices that can actually, it's actually called the butt kicker. <laughs> I know I'm it not is, making I that know. up. <laughs> but like, to, to give you, you know, more of that like real feel, because when you're driving in a car, so much of what you're feeling isn't so much sort of just audio or video, but it's actually like, you know, you feel with your butt the car starting to like kind of slide or ABS locking or whatever. <laughs> Look, Mike, I do a lot of track days. I do a lot of like driving and I drive yeah, yeah. with my butt. 
before I drive with my hands, okay? That's just Everyone weird. knows. All the best drivers. So it all comes from the rear, you know? Yeah. Everyone you knows this. You want to slide your rear ends. I'm excited about the PlayStation VR 2, though. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, also, will I even be able to buy one? Who knows? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> is that even going to be a possibility? <laughs> something tells me uh, they'll have a little bit of a... Uh, an easier time keeping PSVR 2 in stock is just my wild guess. Something tells me this is not going to be a hugely successful... No, no, I think and- the issue is how many can they make? That's the problem. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, chip shortages shouldn't make a huge impact to PSVR 2 because I think it's like the main thing that's going to hold them back are like screens and stuff. And right. I, okay. I, I bet they'll have a decent amount of PSVR 2s on store shelves. I don't think it'll be incredibly difficult. I still think it'll be harder to find a PS5 than PSVR 2 to actually plug into said PS5. Uh, Steam Deck. It's nearly here. I think as we're recording, isn't the review embargo, like, oh, it's tomorrow. We're recording on the 24th of February. I think think tomorrow is is the review embargo. Yeah, because they've showed off some stuff. They let like Linus do a little uh-huh. bit of like an early hands-on and show some specific things. I think it's quite a restricted. It's like I saw a few people had it. Like listen, but they're like talk. You could talk about these things. You can play these games. Mm-hmm. It's kind of as you'd expect for something like that. Although, I mean, I will say I said it before. I'll say it again. It is a bit weird to me um, that it's so cl- that like the yeah the the review embargo is. Uh, like so close to the actual release of the product or like when the product goes on sale. I always find that strange, you know, um, but mm-hmm. all of the coverage I've seen so far, people seem happy with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And the nice thing is valve has actually released a tool now. So I know that we've been speculating a lot about what kind of compatibility yeah. you can expect. Well, there's now a tool so you can just go, I'm sure we'll have the link in the show notes. Yep. You just go into it, you log into steam and it will say, Hey, look out of your, 3,000 Steam games, these are the ones that are completely compatible, and it'll also give you a little bit of additional information. Some are like, you know, they'll work, but they might not work well, or sometimes you may have to actually pull up the virtual keyboard. You've got deck verified, so that's, and then it says deck playable. Valve's testing indicates these titles from your Steam library are functional, but might require extra effort to interact with or configure. Yeah, which is... Fair enough. And then there are some games that will show up as just no. Well, that for me, I've just I've put mine in. It's all the VR games. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I wasn't well, expecting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that one. Uh, I do think it's interesting to think about. Like, I mean, I, this is definitely the right call, right? Uh, showing all this stuff. And they're pretty clear. They're like, hey, we're going to be updating this page a lot because there's a lot of testing, a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, but also... <clears throat> load a copy of Windows, and I bet pretty much all those unplayable games will be suddenly turned playable, besides maybe VR. But it's nice to see that from looking at my library as well, it it seems like a fairly solid percentage of games are going to be at least playable, if not fully optimized. And considering that, you know, this thing is not out yet, I bet over the next few months that list will continue to get better and better because it seems, like from the, on the surface at least, it's not super difficult to get games to to be slightly optimized or tweaked, especially because the Steam Deck looks like it is going to sell like absolute hotcakes for every single one they can crank out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm really intrigued for four reviews. I am expecting positive reviews. Like I, I'm not. I don't think there's some kind of scandal looming. 
it's just weird. Yeah. I just found the timing of it all weird. My only expectation is like they just want to give themselves every possible second to optimize the software and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that there's like major differences between the existing version of SteamOS and what they're putting on to mm-hmm. the Steam Deck. And I'm sure that those optimizations will continue well after the actual fact of this thing launching. Like it's yeah. not going to be 100% immediately. But yeah, it's I'm very excited. Very excited to put my hands on a Steam Deck. But, but Mike... I have a little uh, theory. I have a little okay. theory. Um, is there another handheld in your life right now? Now, I'm not oh, saying this not because I have insider information. This is no uh, theory. I just, okay, okay. Tell me more. Is there something else that you've been hiding from us? I'm not hiding it. It's just since, <laughs> since the last episode, <laughs> I got an analog pocket. So a listener, uh, Blake, reached out and said that they had an extra. They When they originally made their order, they ordered both the black and white and they weren't sure which one they wanted, and then they offered to sell it to me. Um, and so I bought it from them because why not, uh, was my thinking. And because it was, he, Blake sold it to be a very fair price, so I figured I might as well just grab one. Yeah, so I have it. Um, I haven't played a ton on it yet. I played a little bit. Um, I the, the Honestly, the biggest thing for me was almost like an emotional experience where mm. I was able to with a little bit of isopropyl alcohol and some love and attention, get my 30-year-old Tetris cartridge working. Ooh, wow. Which was kind of incredible. Cool. You know, like, this was the same Tetris that, like, I used to see my... I, used to, I would watch my mum play. Oh. Right? Because it was my cool. older brother's Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, the cartridge is in bad shape. Like the you know, like the ink has worn off the sticker, and it's like just all kind of like not great. But like it wasn't working at first; it was just throwing errors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took it apart, gave it some love and care, and I got it working. And I played a full game, like not beat it, but like I played like a good like fifteen minute game of Tetris. It's kind of yeah. incredible, really. It was also funny to me where, you know, like everyone's talking about how great the screen looks. I'm playing mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, yeah, this is fine. And then I found in the settings, <laughs> why don't they enable this or make this more clear? Like the experience of using the analog pockets operating system, I don't think is mm-hmm. that great. Like it's really hidden and they don't yep. do a great job of like explaining all the features, but you go in and you can change the profile of the display. And that's when you can get it to be like, what they, I think it's called like analog OS mode. And this is where everything is like mega crisp. And rather mm-hmm. than like emulating how the Game Boy looked. So that's great. Uh, I, man, I cannot tell you how sad I was. I got my copy of Pokemon Blue. Oh no. And I loaded it up. Oh no. And it started. I was like, oh my God. And I pressed continue. And it had my younger brother's name and like two hours played. I'm like, what? Wait, wait, that's not where I thought that story was going. No. Uh, oh so, my God. I mean, Mike. look. At some point in the last 28 Aww. years or whatever, Aww. my younger brother said, can I play this? And I was like, yo, whatever, I don't need it. You <laughs> know what I mean? That's like, it was my mindset. Like, it's like, oh, I'm playing Pokemon X and Y now. What do I need blue for? <laughs> you know? So I, I, oh. I bought some batteries for some other games because basically I want to start playing, I think, gold. I'm going, I'm, maybe I'm going to try give gold a, a try. Yeah. I don't remember gold that well. Um, I decided I wanted to play a color Pokemon game, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and 
I, w- I have like Sapphire or I was thinking of Sapphire, but I want to actually play a Game Boy Color game because it looks better on the analog pocket screen, right? It doesn't do, it's yeah. like the full screen. Um, yep. And I bought some batteries and I'm going to replace the batteries in them before I even start. Um, their batteries Very just came in idea. a couple of days ago because the games are working but I'm like I don't want to try this out I don't want to test this because as well like the process of changing the batteries doesn't seem very difficult at all um, especially well, considering I, I mean, really know how to solder right like it's nothing uh, <laughs> I was about to say I feel like for uh, us average people that's a little bit of work but you're over here making keyboards so your soldering iron I'm sure is running I mean, 24-7 I feel comfortable like that I like honestly, like I just I, I was scoring through it. I read like, oh, you should resort it about. It's like, yeah, I can do that. Like I felt like I don't even need. Like it just seems like an easy thing to me. Like replace, mm-hmm. like basically look at how the battery is in it currently, and just yeah. put in a new one. So I, yeah. you know, I'm gonna give that a go. Um, it's kind of funny, really, to get the batteries for these uh, cartridges. They're all really expensive at the moment. <laughs> like if you search on Amazon and like. You look for a specific uh, battery, and if you put the word Game Boy in it at all, it's like three times more expensive. Wait, really? The search results that you get, yeah. Like I saw some, they're really expensive. If I then just search for the battery code, I was able to get them for much cheaper. (laughs) Like if you you, go to Amazon or go to Google, you talk like Game Boy Color Battery, it's Mm -hmm. people that have bought these batteries and they've packaged them up in a certain way. Oh, now, this was the yeah. only way I could get the battery type for the advance. But oh, for I the see. for the color, I was able to get just buy the the batteries as they come, you know. But it mm-hmm, was kind of mm-hmm. funny too. I was like, I tip my hat to these people because I mean, like, also as well, I was looking around on eBay, Game Boy, a, 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 like actual real Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games right now are so expensive mm-hmm. on eBay. Oh, absolutely, it's unbelievable. I, I, Everything Game Boy through DS and even 3DS has absolutely just spiked. Yep. Uh, it's funny, actually. So uh, I remember making this video. I just actually went to go back. March 28th, 2012, I did a tutorial on how to replace a save battery in your Pokemon Game Boy game. I remember, I think it was uh, I think it was Crystal I did. Oh, my God. I need uh, to watch this video. <laughs> well, I feel like you could wow. probably do it better than I did. It's two minutes. A two-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just press, I just clicked it and I heard your voice in my ears. You sound older in this video than you do now, and I don't understand how that. <laughs> Look, there's man, no my energy voice had... in your voice. That's what's going on. Hello and welcome to my tutorial that on is how exactly to replace how... the Game Boy. It, <laughs> hey guys, this is Austin. That's how it starts. Here I am. Oh man! Look at this yep. video, man. This is yeah, shot man. so funny. Like it's so funny. Like it's just ten years ago. You're not in it. No, I was not in videos for a while. Like yeah. it would be pretty rare for me to actually be in videos. But yeah, man, uh, I am actually oh, Austin, surprised. Your soldering here is so bad. This is my first time <gasps> soldering ever. I can tell. Ever. Oh my god, your hands are shaking. <laughs> oh, you got it stuck to the board. Oh, you cut the camera there. Oh, buddy, this is so bad. <laughs> well. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I guess uh, you got to complain to 10-year-ago Austin for that one. I would love um, to know, actually, if you're able to access this quickly, if the views have jumped on this video. Oh, I can absolutely look that I up. I would love this to video, know. This uh, video... you're here. at 167,000 views, and I can only... Look, there's like comments from a year ago. So I can tell you that the last... It, it gets about 20 to... Th- eh, 
20 to 50 views per day, and it has done that since 2013. Okay, so it hasn't changed. Interesting. It is not. It has been dead flat for about nine and a half years. <laughs> I wondered if it might have jumped up a little bit, but I guess people are just getting these things from iFixit or whatever now. Yeah, there are probably better tutorials people are watching in 2022. Yeah. I would hope. Um, Hmm. But yeah, well, I'm I'm happy at least your copy of Blue yeah. worked. I, I was fully expecting that story to be, that and it, it didn't work because, yeah, exactly. So It is cool. That's I'm, cool. I'm genuinely very pleased that it works. It doesn't really bother me so much that my save isn't on there because, like, what would I do with it? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have, yeah. here's my original game. Like, if it was, that would be fun. But the, the sad one for me was that, that my yellow was, the save was dead. That made me, that made mm-hmm. me more sad because, like, when I think back, like Pokemon Yellow is maybe the game I was most excited about. Yeah. Because yeah. it followed the anime, you know, like it was like, mm-hmm. it, it, that was the game that like, cause it's, yeah, I love that one. And yeah, I might play Yellow again or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like p- poke around. But honestly, for me, like there's just something nice in this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like kind of what I said. Like, am I going to spend my gaming hours playing 20 year old Game Boy games opposed, as opposed to like, horizon like Mm -hmm. no but i like having this i like having all these old games that i have kept for whatever reason and they work like i was playing pokemon pinball oh that's that's a good one the rumble doesn't work anymore oh i was about to (laughs) say the the battery and it doesn't work i'm gonna open it up though maybe see if i can like take care of it in some way and get it to work again um yeah, but and I was super happy. Like I, the iFixit kit has all of the bits that I need to open up these cartridges, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. This has been like a fun little project for me, just as a way to like get all these old cartridges out, take care of them a little bit, and uh, get them working again. Nice, nice. Well, I am very excited to hear your future exploits on the pocket. I took mine to the Leonhardt the pop up shop a few weeks ago. Oh and yeah. It was great sitting on the plane playing. I actually pulled out a copy of uh, of, of Leaf Green because I hadn't played the the remakes in a long time. And I will admit the Game Boy Dance games just don't look as good. Like they look great, yep. but the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color games are really where the pockets sort of shines. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm I'm very happy that with all the Steam Deck and shenanigans in the world that we can sit down Going and backwards. play our 20 year old Pokemon games on the analog pocket. What a what a time to be alive. This episode is brought to you by Hover, one of our longest running sponsors here at Relay FM. Look, when you have that one big idea, where do you go? Your business starts with a domain name. For so many entrepreneurs, Hover is that first big step. And it is because Hover makes the whole experience so awesome. They have over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And it's so easy. When you go to Hover, you just start searching and they show you all of the options. In one search, you can see all of the domains that are available. And they even maybe recommend different words to try in the domain to get the one that you're looking for. They have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. Hover are dedicated to getting you online and not upselling you. That's why they give you free Who Is Privacy. This this is with every domain that's supported, they bundle the Who Is Privacy and give it to you for free. Other domain registrars will make you pay for it. This is so bad, guys, they'll get your information. It means that your personal information is kept private. It's not registered publicly. 
Hoverizer, really great user experience. Everything's super clean and easy to, to understand. And they're always doing monthly sales on popular top-level domains. For me, Hover really is where I go. Me and Austin are working on an exciting project right now. I went to Hover a couple of weeks ago. I bought up a bunch of domains for it. like, And now I got them. And it's so easy. And I was able to get a few with all of the TODs that I was looking for just in one purchase. It was so awesome. I know that you're going to love a great user experience and things that work straight out of the box. So that's why I know that you're going to appreciate Hover. It's simple, clean, and easy to navigate. Buy your domain and start using it today. Go to hover.com slash test drivers and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL one more time is hover.com slash test drivers. Make a name for yourself with Hover. A thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. The Formula One season is coming very Ooh. soon. Oh, uh, yes. As we're recording, there's kind of like a testing, not testing happening um, in Barcelona. <laughs> it's a, a shakedown, a technical shakedown, I think is what technical they call it. Technical uh, shakedown, um, but for all intents and purposes, it's just testing without live footage. Um, yes. But what I wanted to do, one of the things that we do have is basically all of the car designs, the liveries, that's what they're called, mm -hmm. they've been unveiled. And I wanted for us to maybe go through them, talk about the ones we like, not like, maybe give some kind of ranking, we'll see. Uh, the only one we don't have is Alfa Romeo. Honestly, I kind of wish that Alfa Romeo would stick with their like dazzle camouflage that they've got going on right now. <laughs> it looks it looks incredible. Are you familiar with yes. dazzle camouflage? Yeah, that's a British thing, right? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, we did this thing. Uh, me and me and my uh, co-founder here, Stephen, we have a, a podcast called Ungenius, where we pick like weird Wikipedia articles and talk about them. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones we did is on something called dazzle camouflage, which was during uh, World War One and Two. The it's that the U.S. and the U.K. Navy would paint their boats in certain ways and their planes so that they're not really easy to understand how far away they are from you or what shape they are and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what this is what Alfa Romeo are currently using. They're using dazzle camouflage. So they're not actually properly showing off the contours of the car. It's like hard to see in images, which is just like really weird. I don't really know why they're yes. doing this, uh, but they <laughs> are. And I, I mean, I'm here for it, but it's strange. And they're showing off their livery in a couple of days time. But we have everybody else's. Yes. How do you want to do this? Do you want to go down one at a time and give yeah. rankings? Yeah. Well, we can go through them and we can uh, we can maybe talk about them. I don't know if we want to give them a score out of five or if we maybe at the end want to maybe come up with like a, a, a master ranking of our favorites. But I've got uh, examples here from uh, WTF1.com. They've just put like a good article together where they got some images of each of them. Uh, and I'm sure like, I mean, look, I know that we're both intimately familiar because what's been happening over the last couple of weeks is... Uh, when the cars are announced, I will take an Instagram image and text it to Austin for when he wakes up. <laughs> so it's not yes. provide now. <laughs> that's awesome. I wake up I'm like, oh, that's ugly. Oh my God. That's the yep. greatest looking vehicle I've ever seen. Yep. <laughs> I could tell you one that isn't. It's just the Haas. I mean, as well, like, so the Haas's livery is just not good. Uh, it's not good in some ways that it's not been good for the last couple of years and feels particularly mm -hmm. not good right now. Um, very, very accurate. Mm -hmm. It's just a hidden Russian flag. It's all it is. <sighs> Don't like it. Yeah. It's unimaginative anyway. It's it's not good. So I, I do have one question before we fully commit to our rankings. Mm -hmm. Are we ranking the liveries completely by themselves? Or are we also including just the aesthetics of the vehicles? Because I think that's going to change my ordering a little bit if we actually mm. look at I the I think we should talk about look. the aesthetics of the vehicles. 
but okay. I but they're not finished yet, right? Okay. Okay. Because the car designs are changing. Like there's been reports and I've seen it like Red Bull are taking out different car designs <laughs> throughout the day. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yes. now all the fins are different. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just in general though, maybe before we start talking about them, the cars look so freaking cool now. Oh my God. It's so like, look, that show car was ugly. I was just, yep. I, especially that chrome livery that they put on it. I was like, nah, this is not it. But it looked like a what, shiny Pokemon card. That one. Is that how dare about? you? Like how, a hollow? Is this the hollow car? How holo-ka? dare you, Michael? How <laughs> dare you? Uh, no, but uh, I think all of these cars look cool in their yes. own ways. Yeah. Especially when you look at last year's car. Oh. It just, everything looks so much cleaner now. When you compare them, like, like I think I said this to you in, in a text, like when you look at the images side by side, it's like when a new iPhone comes out <laughs> and then the old yep. iPhone is like immediately horrendous to look at. Like that's, this is what it reminds me of. Like the car, the new cars are so curvy and like they, mm-hmm. they've got all these cool lines and you look at the old ones and it's like, oh man, like they're just so straight and like unassuming. And there's like so much Nick. nonsense on the old cars. Yeah. Between, like the barge boards, just like sticky uppy bits everywhere. Like obviously they're incredibly well designed, blah, 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 blah. But like they don't look great compared to these new cars. But uh, who knows? Maybe three, four years from now, these new cars will have sprouted seven extra wings and a dragon's tail. And we're like, oh man, <laughs> remember 2022? <sighs> okay, so Haas. Uh, look, man, I'm uh, not a big fan of this livery. I mean, I think white, Red and blue and black. I mean, that's all fine. Uh, but the thing is, this is just what we saw last year. And uh, especially the way things are right now, uh, thumbs down. Thumbs I didn't down. like it last year. I especially don't like it this year. For me, Huss is the bottom of the pack of everyone here. Agreed. Agreed. Right, so we're gonna, I'm writing this down, right? Okay. So oh, you're going to be the scorekeeper. Yeah, we've got Huss. Huss is at the bottom now. Huss right. is bottom. Okay, got it. Maybe not I mean, the only for me, way they're going to be in the bottom. Honestly, <laughs> we go straight into the one just above it, Red Bull. What are they doing? Uh, I, okay. I, I, I'm in a, a Slack group with a bunch of like designer people who are into F1. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I pointed out is like, so something Red Bulls hap- that happened to Red Bull this year is the money is falling from the sky at them. Oh my right? God. Yeah. They are swimming in cash right now between their new title sponsor, Oracle, which by the way, Oracle Red Bull is a horrible sound. Oracle Red Bull? Oracle Red Bull. Like, that's mm-hmm. how it sounds to me. Oracle Red Bull yep. is terrible. And they've got one of the many, many, many crypto sponsorships that are occurring at Red Bull <laughs> this year. Uh, a company called Bybit. And... Of course. Here's the thing. Red Bull, in the past, not really a big sponsor car. Because the entire car is a sponsorship for Red Bull, right? So, yep. like... They've not really had a lot of big title sponsors. I think that Red Bull's design team don't know how to design a livery that is intended to have big sponsorships on it. Because it's like there are three competing companies for every inch of this car. It's te- I think it's terrible. Look, man, I, last year, I remember thinking to myself, man they've put a lot of different sponsors on this car. I mean, because Red Bull has basically had the same livery since the very beginning, or at least for mm-hmm. the last, like, decade, right? Like, it's, you know, they've got the yellow nose, they've got the Red Bulls, and sort of that dark blue. Like, it's been like that for a long time. Because there's, like, a whole brand style that they're exactly. working with here. It's not just because the racing team. 
Exactly. And the thing is, yeah, the Red Bull sort of those colors and stuff are used in other sports and stuff yep. because obviously Red Bull, they sponsor and or own teams in a wide variety Lots of, of extreme sports. sports and all that kind Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this new car, especially with the Bybit stuff that's all over it, I mean, I, I don't envy the designers who had to figure out how to put on 75 logos Ricky Bobby style across this vehicle. <laughs> But, oh, dude. The, if, <sighs> it's really incredible to me how um, demoted Red Bull is on this con. Yeah. <laughs> they, sold, they sold everything. Like, uh, I just, I'm looking at the photo on WTF1 site right uh -huh. now. It's that front-end photo where you can see, you know, Bybit on the front and on the side and on the back. And it's just like... There are, I can't even count how many logos are on this car. Look, I'm a generally a fan of that sort of Red Bull livery, but there's just so many things all over the place. I, I can't get with it. I'm, yep. I don't know if I'm going to say it's all the way toward the bottom, but it's definitely like my bottom third I of, think of liveries. This, Not good. This WTF1 picture is, is from the best angle possible of this car because you don't see the huge oracle on the side as well. Like I think that is when, true. When you get the angles where you see the Oracle and Bybit logos along and with Red the Bull. Red Bull, it's like it's just Logo City <laughs> over here. Like there is a comp there is a car later on, which also has lots of sponsorships, but they know how to do it. And I think it's done way better. And I'll reference which one I'm talking about later on when we mm -hmm. get there. But I think right now Red Bull just doesn't know how to accurately design a livery that can also mm -hmm. show off their sponsors well. And look. I think I read a report that said they're basically from these two new sponsors. They're getting like $140 million a year, which is the entire price of the cost cap. So like they're yep. taken care of. I understand why they're doing it. I would like to see them find a better way to integrate some of these sponsorships uh, in future years. I look forward to Max's helmet this year where he's going to have a sticker across the visor of his helmet. <laughs> he won't be able to see anymore. He's an oracle. <laughs> uh, we move to the Aston Martin AMR 22. Finally. Woo. Oh, by the way, we're going to put Red Bull. I'm going to put Red Bull just above Haas for the moment. For the moment, I agree, but it's the best out of two. So I think there's... Yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, this Aston looks... Excellent. Yes. I know a lot of people complained last year. That, uh, obviously, Aston Green is synonymous, you know. But the thing is, uh, last year, even though supposedly the cars looked great in person, not that that many people actually got to see them in person, but on TV, the green didn't pop. It looked a little muted, and all the pink stuff from BWT just it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I think it looks way better this year. Yeah. What I'll say is, like, some of the imagery I've seen, like, the photos look better than the videos that I've seen. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm really intrigued to see this on the track. I get, I have a car later on where it's in the exact inverse for me. Um, but I do like the metallic look yeah. that they've got going on. Uh, but my honestly, my favorite part of the design uh, livery of this car is the, like, lime green that they've added in, which is in place of the pink from BWT. Yes. I think it really brings it all together. I think this is a really great looking car. I, honestly, honestly, I'm just really happy that it's all green now. Like, mm -hmm. I thought that pink was fine, but nah. yeah, I, I, I could live with it, right? It was like, okay, like it's, it's a fun accent, but I would prefer if it wasn't there. Uh, no, I like that one, it's gone. And two, I like that they didn't have no accent color. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I could very easily imagine them just going all British Racing Green and just leaving it at that. But I, I really like the lime like accent color. I think as well, like overall, the Aston Martin design might be my favorite car design too. Yes. Yeah. Um, it looks I fast. think it looks amazing and it looks like a shark and like yeah, I'm really into it. Like the it's got like real good curves and what one of the things as well, like top down, the Aston Martin looks very, very different to the other cars that I've seen. Most of the other cars, mm-hmm. they kind of like, as you get towards the back of the car, they go in a lot. But the Aston stays like chunky the whole way down the back of the yeah. car. So really intriguing. Like, this is one of the things that I'm excited about as the season unfolds is seeing the actual effect of these cars because they are, in general, so much more different looking to each other than I expected they would be. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things about the Aston. Like, it has those very long side pods that, mm-hmm. especially with those cooling louvers on the top, like, man, excellent. Also, I think it's probably just a good point to mention uh, since we're talking about very visual things. Uh, maybe it's worth taking a look at these photos in the show notes because we probably sound like lunatics talking about all this stuff if you actually haven't seen any of these vehicles. But I got to say, for me, Aston is very very good top of my list so far i think that's a no-brainer compared to the other two all right i'm putting aston at the top of my little list that i'm drawing down here but then we get to the mclaren Mm. mcl 36 Mm. now this is mostly orange and blue i saw the images and i was like okay mclaren it's fine you know i saw i was like you know what i like what you've done they've they put like a little color accent on the new, like, what are these hub, like, what are the wheels called? There's, like, these parts on the wheels oh, now. wheel covers? Yeah, like, they put a little color on the wheel covers. It's, like, fine. It looks cool. When they, now we're actually seeing it out on the track, it is, like, fluorescent orange. <laughs> it looks amazing. Yep, yep, yep. I'm with you on that one. I mean, look, I don't think... Compared to some of the other liveries, it's as adventurous. Obviously, the papaya and the blue, you know, it's kind of like that old golf livery that they ran, I think, Monaco last year. Like, I, I, I like those colors. I'll say I'm a little less excited. Like, when we first saw it, you texted me those photos. I was like, oh, this is hands down the best looking car of the year. Easy, no brainer. I still think it's a very good looking car. But from some angles, it does look a little bit odd. There's a lot of black in the livery, and so it's like... There's more black than I would want, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and the black, like, sponsor strip, that to me is kind of tripping me up. Because at first I'm like, oh, okay, it's whatever. But the more I stare at it, the more I'm just like... I mean, if this is the way that they actually run the car, cool. But I have a feeling that those sponsors are going to start spreading everywhere quickly, and it's going to get become a very sort of messy design, mm. a la Red Bull, before the actual first race begins. Well, McLaren, they have two. They they're one of the teams that have two liveries, I think, for different sponsors. Um, mm. They showed this off when they, but it's, they're not massively different. But there is there is like a slight different mix of the amount of orange and blue in in some instances. Do you remember they did this last time too? Like there was like one race where they had the car that had a little more blue in it uh, in this past yeah. season. I think they they have a similar thing um, going on for for this one. They showed it off when they did the launch announcement. But I what I'll say is I really really love the orange and like I want to put it at the top of the list. But there is that inconsistency. Like if they just mm. went either all orange or like all orange and the blue, like the black does hold it back a bit. But I, I do know that like throughout the year, I'm going to get a lot of joy of seeing this car on the track, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I like the blue wing as well. I think the blue wing is a nice touch. It especially from the front, it helps kind of give the car a very sort of a, a nice sort of pop. Mm. Um, but I think I'm with you. I think this is good, but not above the Aston. All right, so I'm gonna put it below. That one does like help me a, a little bit, but I do agree. <laughs> Alpha Tauri ATO three. I'm just. Can I just throw a prediction right now? Yep. I think we're going to hard disagree on this one is my guess. But okay. I don't know. What, what, do you want me to go first? Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. I mm. think this is one of like, look, Alpha Tauri, the whole point why they changed from Toro Rosso to Alpha Tauri is to promote the actual real Red Bull clothing and sort of fashion brand, right? This car has fewer sponsors than I think anyone else short of maybe Haas, right? Or actually also probably Williams. But very few sponsors. What they've got is the word Alpha Tower written all over the car. Yeah, I get it. Not the coolest thing in the world. Don't forget but Flexbox. Flexbox. Flexbox, yes. Flexbox, certainly there. They've got a little <laughs> tiny sticker for Honda. Uh, but I think... The reason I was asking earlier about if we're going to be reviewing the liveries versus the designs, the way that the Alpha Tower goes across the side pods and that dramatic swoop down, mm. I absolutely love it. To me, that 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 saves the design for me because I'm not does, super right? excited about this. But the way that they have used the car and the branding together does add mm-hmm. to the overall fashion idea that the Alpha Tower is supposed to be putting out there. Yeah, like it feels like this was a livery that was designed for the vehicle in a way that the others feel like, oh, they just could have slapped that same livery on last year's car and it would have been completely fine. Like this is different. And while I will say the shade of blue they're using is a little bit odd, like I I think last year's car looked a little bit more striking being a little bit more like, I feel like it was a little bit more like contrasty, I guess, because this almost seems like it's a little like gray blue. But if we're just purely reviewing the liveries, especially how they fit on the cars, I'm going to put this above the McLaren. Oh, you see, I can't. Mm, I know. I know you can't agree. To me, it's below Aston, but it's above McLaren for me. So I'm going to say it's above. Are you really? Are you going to agree with me? Above McLaren. You're going to agree with me? Oh, no. no, Sorry, I meant below McLaren. Oh, (laughs) I was like, I did not expect that uh, that one at all. So it's this a good is going to be complicated. We, we might be able to come to some kind of agreement later on on this. Okay, <laughs> deal, deal. But <laughs> I, I do prefer the McLaren to, to the AlphaTauri. But Fair we'll enough. see okay. how we get to the end. Williams. Hmm. Talk about lack of sponsors. I do feel sad <laughs> when I see the Williams. Well, I do. Didn't I feel they say... A little bit. Um, I feel they said that they're not looking for sponsors, and they I did. totally believe them. Who needs money? Uh, it's not They've, really relevant. I mean, they eh, have it. You're fine. Right? Like, that's the whole thing. It's an investment firm. They got it, right? And they're focusing, I guess, and at the moment, they they don't have any cash needed. So they're just, they've got a couple of nose sponsors, and then, well, they do have Duracell. Duracell's new for them. That's like a new one this year. Duracell's on the side of the car, which is cool. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I heard them say they were having Duracell, I was like, oh God, they're going to put orange on the car, but they didn't. <laughs> it's just yeah, a, little, yeah. a little black area. It looks pretty cool. And then they got like the Doralton, uh, Ventures logo. What do you think of this? I mean, I actually am pretty positive on it. I think it, if, I don't even think that this is necessarily similar to any of like the nineties liveries that they ran, but to me, it gives me a nineties vibe, which obviously mm-hmm. was kind of like the heyday of Williams. I like that the Williams racing sort of brand is very prominent on the livery, and mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that too. I mean, I 
I don't know if this is the most adventurous looking livery in the world, but it's not offensive. And I would say it's better than a lot of the other ones on this list. I, I'm pretty pretty positive on it, especially with a little splash of red. It kind of just gives it a pop of color. This is also another one that on the track is looking amazing. Like the, the, mm -hmm. the blue looks a lot very deep. See, this is where we're into difficult territory because I would say that this is better looking than the Alpha Tauri. Oh, oh, I would say this is for me, this is better than like Red Bull, but it's below Alpha and it's below McLaren. Like, I think it's nice. I think it's about on par with the McLaren, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think it's uh, this would be like what I would define as like middle of the road, like pretty good, but also not super fancy. I would also go with middle of the road. I'm fine with that, like middle of the road kind of thing. So we're going to put them in the middle. But this okay. is where it's like the awkward part of like the ranking thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better than the Alpha Tauri. But if we put the Alpha Tauri above the McLaren, then I don't know where we're going to end up. I'm going to put this in the middle of the list right now. We're going to rock, paper, scissors at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Ferrari. Top 10, top one, best delivery ever. Are you end. being serious with me right now? I think this is the best looking F1 car I've seen since like. What the early about? 90s Ferraris. What are you talking about? Dude, the about? red and the black? What are you with talking the about? It's so boring. Oh, my God. What? It's so boring. The nose? Oh, my God. Mike, don't it's do this so to me. Boring. I thought... This is a oh. boring car. It's like, oh, what do you think Ferrari's going to do? Hmm, maybe they'll have a red one. <laughs> okay. They could have done anything with it. Like, like, look, okay, Williams, right? You say, will Williams be blue? Yeah, sure, it'll be blue. But then they did all this stuff. They put pattern in it, and it's got, like, different shades of blue, and it's all fun. Like, it's got some angles going on, you know? Ferrari is, like, it's red. No, no, no. Hooray, Mike, it's red. Mike. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pitch you on this, right? First of all, the Ferraris of the last couple of years, I have not loved the liveries because they've been like burgundy and blah, blah, blah. This whatever. isn't this even is true Ferrari for... red, man. Eh. This is too dark anyway. So again, like, what's the eh. friggin' point? It's, it's pretty, not red it's enough. Pretty for... Okay, well, I think it's pretty red. But like, okay, between that and the black, I think that goes a long way. Also, just the look of this car, and I know we're getting a little bit away from the livery, but also I just think this is the best looking of the 2022 cars, like if you just really? completely just look at the yeah, I, the nose especially looks I good don't to like me. The nose, it looks it's too really? droopy. Oh, I feel like it looks aggressive. Like to me, it just reminds me of some of those beautiful early '90s Ferraris that just I feel like we're just like it really, really brings me back to those. I will say I'm on their Instagram now. Top down, it looks cool. The mm -hmm. nose, I don't like the nose from the front of the car. Oh, and man, I, I know that they've done some fun <sighs> stuff, right? Apparently their nose is like they've built it in such a way that it can be changed quicker and like less of the nose. Did you know this? Like less of the nose needs to be replaced apparently. Oh, interesting. It's like okay, they, they've okay. developed this system where like they can make nose replacements uh, quicker. And okay, okay. That like, yeah, that it could end up being beneficial to them because if the, they need to replace the part, they won't need to replace as much of the car. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's a cool idea. And I'm sure, uh, I'd like you, I think you actually said earlier in the, in the episode, as far as it's hard to judge the vehicles too much because I bet a lot of them will look fairly different mm -hmm. by the end of this year. But man, I, I absolutely love, it's 
the stupidest name ever because they changed their scheme. It's the F-175, blah, blah, whatever. I think this Ferrari is the greatest looking F-1 car of the last 20 years. You're full stop. You're mad. No, no cap. Okay, well, now the list is getting really complicated now, and there's no, <laughs> there's now no way we can have a shared list because we will not come to an agreement on this. I have put the Ferrari at the top for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is below Williams for me. What? Yes. Mike! It's oh, boring. God. It's uninspired. Uh, the only good thing about this livery is they finally got rid of the Mission Winnow thing from it. Of course, yeah, the the last of the cigarette sponsors have now been replaced by crypto sponsors everywhere. Yep. I do like their sponsors, like Shell and Ray-Ban look cool. I don't know what this, like, Chavo is in the middle. I, I have another gripe. I have one last gripe before we move on, right? Don't put a number on your car that's not the number of the driver, right? They've got a number 75 on the car, I guess, to celebrate 75 oh. years of, right? Yeah, so I, I agree. So I'm looking at this image here. It's got 75 and 55 on the car. Don't put numbers on the car. Like, it's hard enough to read the numbers most of the time on most cars. I don't know why they... Seems like a lot of design, Formula 1 car designers hate putting the numbers on. Have you seen the number one on the Red Bull? It just looks like a rectangle. They just put, like, a <laughs> rectangle on the car. It's very yeah, strange. Look, I'm happy for Max to be able to finally put the number one on his car. But you're right. I think... They could have maybe slightly changed their font choice. They, just they got did a block. him wrong there for some reason. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you want the number one? Well, <laughs> I think Michael Massey chose that one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm just last last thing. I just want to say, look, I just sent you the car emoji. I know what you right? sent me. Yeah, you look, look I'm not that emoji. Saying, it's a Ferrari. I'm not That's saying. I'm not saying that having a red car is the problem. They should have a red car. But they mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. didn't do anything exciting with it, and the red that they chose isn't even good. I don't like the red. Ha, ah, Mike. Okay. Now right. we Ooh. get into two S <laughs> tier design. What? Oh my god! My... Look, this is completely unbiased S <laughs> tier god level car design. When we turn to Mercedes <laughs> with the W thirteen. Where Mercedes oh, have decided that they're gonna do everything good, and they're gonna do <laughs> bring back the silver arrow, right? And they're gonna throw some green in there, throw some red in there, throw some black in there. Perfect. Yes. Silver, black, green, and red—the best Perfect. color combination for a Formula One car. Thank you for fi- for finishing my <laughs> sentence for me. It's great. What I will say. I love it. I know why people don't like it. But what I will say here is, remember I was talking about Red Bull earlier. Mm-hmm. Mercedes know how to put sponsor logos on cars. I 100% agree with that. It actually is a uh, an unadventurous livery, but a very, like, a, I guess a well-balanced, a well-weighted livery where it's like, you know, you've got little sponsors, you got bigger ones. What I will say, all right, I think Mercedes succeed where I think Ferrari fail. Okay. Which is in modernizing a classic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Right. This is not the best. I do not. This is not my favorite livery, but I really like it. And I do like that they have decided, all right, we've done something different for a couple of years where the car's been all black and now they're bringing the silver back. And I think they're doing it in a really nice way that I think it looks good now, but also has... It's been modernized a bit more. They've got they've got some different features going on. 
Um, but just, yeah, it, it is really funny to me to look at the Red Bull and the Mercedes side by side, you know? It's just like, yeah. man, they, it's just well, like, uh, just, it's just different, right? It's just different. To me, actually, I think, and it, the livery is definitely pushing me over the edge here. The Mercedes looks the most similar to the previous generation of car, yep. especially when you look at like from the wheel, like the, from the front wheels back with the way like the side pods yep. are and everything. And when you bring this livery back, I'm right back to 2018, which obviously were, those were glory years for Mercedes. Uh, it's interesting, I, isn't it? I'm very, very curious to see how things shake out. Yep. I. Uh, yeah, but uh, we're talking livery, so we're not talking about the final pecking order. Uh, I think Mercedes is fine. My my order, I'm going to put them right above Williams, but I don't. I think it's fine. I think it's nice to see the silver arrows back, but like, eh, it's. I it's, also it's, put them above Williams. Okay, see, there we go. We're back to agreeing. Yeah, All but is it's right with the world again. Williams isn't as low down on my list as it is on yours. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the final one we have to talk about is the tale of two awkward mm. <laughs> designs, which is Alpine. So Alpine, previously Renault, the French Formula One team last year, red, white, and blue, done really nicely, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like how you make a good flag car. Now BWT is their main sponsor, and so they're pink now. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, you know, because uh, BWT, the most obnoxious, I think, of um, mm-hmm. Formula One sponsors because they seem to, I don't know why, demand that their color is brought into every um, into every livery. But hey, people want the money. I think uh, you actually said it best uh, when you texted me when this livery broke with the words all cap racing point, And I could yeah. not agree more. Uh, to me, it's weird because it is so aggressively Racing Point. Like, I mean, Racing Point used this livery for several years. It was very well, this, sort of synonymous this is with the brand. More the alternate livery. So they have yeah, two, the full right? pink one. Because they have their regular livery is mostly blue with a lot of pink, and that's what they're running mm-hmm. for most races this season. But I think for two races this season, I think it's the first two. They are doing an basically an all pink car, which looks just like the Racing Point car, and I. Honestly, to me, like, I don't know why anybody agreed to this. Uh, I think there's something about a uh, fat paycheck was probably involved. I mean, it must have been, but it just seems so strange to me, too, where it's like, I don't know, or it's like, the question is, who is more important here? And that's what D-W-T. I find weird. And isn't yeah. that, do you find that weird, though? Like, I find that really strange. Uh, look, man, I feel like Alpine slash Renault is a disaster right now. And I think that this livery is the perfect encapsulation of just, it's just nonsense. Like, I mean, yeah. look, especially yeah. on that that alternate livery, the Alpine logo is like the smallest logo on yeah. the vehicle. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, like, on even on the regular them. one. On both of yeah. them. Yeah. You barely see it. Like, you barely see the Alpine logo. They may as I, I think they are BWT Alpine Racing, right? Like, they're title sponsor, not just main sponsor. And it's like... I, I believe so. I don't know. I really don't like it. I, I wouldn't put it last. I do put it above Haas because at least the blue and pink look fun together in a way. Like, in the <sighs> main livery, I, do, I hate the... Um, the all pink livery. Like, I do not like it. But the mostly blue and pink one, again, like on the track, is a bit more exciting. Um, Like the Haas one, it just does nothing for me. 
I don't like Haas at all, and I still think I slightly prefer that than this. <laughs> so would you put Alpine at the bottom? I would actually put Alpine at the bottom because this is just awful. And the thing is, it wouldn't be quite so low for me if this was not the exact livery that they ran on Racing Point for so many years, right? Like, yeah. it's it's confusing more than anything else. Like, I just, I cannot approve of this. Uh, call up the French government. Yep. We need to make some changes. This is unacceptable. All right, you on the final lists then? Let's, let's look it up. And obviously, Alpha not being yep. included because... I would actually put their camo pretty high if they actually ran that, it, but I don't if think... If they did that, I would probably put it maybe like third. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your list is Ferrari, Aston, yep. Alpha yep. Tauri, McLaren, yes. mm-hmm. Mercedes, Williams, yes. Red Bull, Haas, Alpine. Yeah, yeah, I'll lock that in. I feel good about that list. Mine is... Hmm. Wait, are you changing your list at the last second now? I'm looking at it now. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to change it, because originally I made a decision which was based on us having the same list, and now I'm changing it up. Oh, okay. Right? I ruined it all for you. I see, I see. Now, now once, we got to, uh, once we got to Ferrari, we couldn't keep the same list anymore. <laughs> Mine is number one, McLaren. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Yeah. McLaren above Aston? Yeah, McLaren, Aston. What I'll say wow. is, on the track, I don't like the Aston as much as I did in the press photos. Okay. I like okay. it, but it's a little too shiny. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's it's fair. It's a little that's too fair. shiny. I like the shininess, but sometimes it's a, it's a bit much. It's just knocked it down a little bit for me, where the McLaren's completely surprised me, and like I can't get enough of images of that car right now. It looks incredible. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. McLaren, Aston, Mercedes. Ooh, okay. Alpha Tauri, Williams, Ferrari. <laughs> Oh, Red Bull, Alpine, Huss. Oh. You know what? This is why it's great to have a diversity of opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the kind test driver's audience will love to tell us exactly why we completely missed the genius of the Alpine design or how no, I, McLaren I can't wait. forgot to finish painting their car. For all of the test driver's audience to, to tweet at you and say that the Ferrari <laughs> wait, is boring. What? Everyone's no. going to say, Austin, you're wrong. The Ferrari is a boring, <laughs> boring car. One mm-hmm. color. They chose the wrong shade. Boring. Well, I look forward to all the fine, wonderful feedback. And <laughs> I look forward to even more this amazing 2022 season of yep. F1 that uh, I have a feeling that you and I are going to be watching very, very closely. 